Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Only let go of me. I think you're worth on my neck, me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hello, kiddies! You may fire when ready. In the red corner, standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, is the Eclectic Collective! morons are not even actors. They are actually podcasters in an undisclosed courtroom in one of their mother's basements. <clears throat> Sorry guys, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? We're moving on, moving on. Both parties have apparently decided to not go to real court, but instead come on a show to complain about their problems without receiving any real verdict. This is the Melvin's Court. Hello, I'm Count of Money. Nay. And welcome to the Melvin's Court. Today we have two disturbed individuals in a case we like to call The Jig Is Up and Gone. Introducing the defendant who I take as a bullcrap artist. <clears throat> Did you bullcrap last week? No. Did you try to bullcrap last week? Yes. Well, that's about all I have to ask. Why don't you get out of my sight and head on in? Wait, wait! Who are you? Back of the line! Back of the line! He's not lying! He's not lying! He's my lawyer! Swiftus! Comicus! What if I told you we are not in the small courtroom? We are in the main room! The main room? The main room! Groovus! Comicus, you're on. Thank you, court. I just flew in, and boy, are my arms tired. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there before you waste any more time than you already have and get to the plaintiff. Here we have Marcus Vindictus, a Roman soldier who can't tell his left flank from his right flank. I flunked flank. You flunked flank? Get the flunk out of here. So what are you here for? Well, you see, I was invited to a treasure bath. Treasure bath! And Comicus brought a man to the party who claimed to be a eunuch. And when a sexy woman was dancing and realized that the jig was up and gone. Okay, Mr. Vindictus, it's time for you to head. Remember, thou art mortal. Remember, thou art mortal. Remember, thou art mortal. Oh, blow it out your rear. All rise. We announce by fear of death, Torquemada. Do not plore him for f compassion. Torquemada, do not beg him for forgiveness. Torquemada, do not ask him for mercy. Let's face it, you can't Torquemada anything. Oh, 
I hear this case is over the order de fe. Order de fe? What's the order de fe? It's what you want to do, but you do anyway. Oh, sorry, 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 I was about to break in the song. I hear we have an interesting jury to work with today. Yeah, yeah, we the God-fearing jury of Rock Ridge, consisting nothing but Johnsons. Boil it down there, lady, before I enforce the Inquisition. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, sin, we know you're wishing that we... I must stop this. I must stop this for it's eating at my chest time and the queen is ready for me. What makes you think you can interrupt my inquisition? Because it's good to be the king. I must ask the jury to go ahead with their verdict so we can wrap this up. I do, Your Honor. It's right here on this rolling papyrus. Bailiff, bring me the verdict. I shall now read the verdict. Tell the elder he is guilty now. Gotcha. Bailiff, seize him! Seize this, Bailiff! No! You can't say that to the cops. Does anyone in this courtroom realize they all sound like a lot of morons from a Mel Brooks movie? Do you think Mel Brooks is here somewhere? Guys, guys, I have a great idea. How we can turn this into a movie? Leave us alone, Mel Brooks! Welcome back and Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! We are the Eclectic Collective and this is the Inquisition. Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, sin, we know you're wishing that we go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here just... Hey, Takamata, what do you say? (laughs) I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. And if you haven't figured out already, this is a uh, this episode is a special one, for it gives at least three of us a chance to sing and quote <laughs> one of the greatest comedians and comedy movie writers, Melvin Brooks. This man is a huge part of our bringing up and why some of us do not shut up. Also, we <laughs> yes. will be treating this as a service announcement. So if you haven't heard, seen, listened to, or anything involving Mr. Brooks, do it. Yeah, you need now. to get yourself out there. Get, do yourself a favor and get anything or everything that involves him. Also, you will be hearing a lot of sniffles and stuff in this room because, you know, we're a bunch of sick guys. <laughs> Weather. <laughs> starting the winter time off. Uh, so, uh, any uh, announcements in sports, man? Oh, yeah. We got a few. Um, make this as quick as I can. But uh, this past week, Derrick Henry rushed for a team record 238 yards Insane. and four touchdowns. Woo-hoo! Coupled with the only the second 99-yard rushing touchdown in NFL history in the Thursday night game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Derrick Henry also commented on refusing to go in when first asked to try for his fifth touchdown that night. He yeah, said, say? "He said we both got to eat. I wanted to see him get a touchdown, alluding to the sportsmanship and giving cool. a chance to his fellow teammates." Yeah, Lewis, um, Cowboy <laughs> linebacker Jalen Smith got away with an obvious helmet-to-helmet hit on Alvin Kamara during their game this past week. However, the NFL went after Smith, levying levying him 
automatically with his first offense of $26,739. A second offense would double that. Wow. God. Uh, Redskins quarterback Alex Smith is battling complications from surgery to fix his broken leg. His future with the team is uncertain at this time. I think he's done, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The family is asking for privacy, and they're not discussing the complications right now. Um, Many professionals surrounding the NFL have been verbal and questioning whether head coach Mike McCarthy of the Green Bay Packers was fired too soon. A lot of controversy over that this past week. A um, lot of people coming out in his defense stating that, um, stating what he's done for the franchise, the the challenges he faces, and that he's not a bad coach. He's actually a really good coach. But I'm, I'm they surprised. Have, at the very least, they should have given them respect of finishing out the season. And yeah, but that's the thing is there's no more loyalty today. Mm-hmm. No more. Nope. Um, Adrian Peterson of the Redskins said this week, uh, tying Jim Brown's 106th rushing touchdown of his career was a major milestone for him. Very proud of that. Yeah, uh, considering that he could not be playing right now. Yes, absolutely. You know, because teams just keep mm-hmm. cutting them. I yeah. think that's a very impressive feat. To absolutely. Um, NCAA expecting tightest voting in Heisman Trophy history this year. Oklahoma QB Kyler uh, Murray's rounding out the top five finalists. Um, And finally, the National Hockey League's Board of Governors has unanimously approved a new franchise in Seattle, putting the league's 32nd team in one of the country's wealthiest and fastest-growing cities. Team yet unnamed will be playing in the 21-22 season. Do you know if that will make less games for the teams to be in another team, or will they have to add a game? Do you know? Um, they'll have to add games in. That, they'll actually, it, lengthen, it lengthens the season. Now it'll be two hundred ninety-seven games. Yeah, I figured they. Could, <laughs> yeah, I figured they could at least like play. You know, because sometimes they play teams more than once in mm-hmm. one night or one week. Maybe they can cut that out and maybe play teams once yeah. or you know. All right, so I'm done. Let's go to entertainment because yeah. there's one announcement I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a few. Uh, I'm going to start off with the big one, at least for me. I don't know about y'all, but I'm Avengers sure. trailer yep. did drop yesterday. Insane. Looked really good. Looked amazing. It's called Avengers Endgame. It comes out April 26th. I think that's, that's going to be... That's sooner than I thought. Yeah. It come out. I'm I think fine with that. I thought it was May, but... I'm, yeah, that's what, what I thought. I thought soonest. it was May. I'm just glad, you know. Maybe it'll be a birthday movie for me. Yeah. Um, also, the Captain Marvel trailer, I think number two release, yeah. they mm-hmm. called it. Yeah. Uh, you know, looked good. It was a lengthier trailer. Yeah, it was. It showed a lot more. Um, and also, the Golden Globe nominations were announced yeah. this week. With Let the season begin, my friends. <laughs> with A Star is Born and the movie Vice leading the movie nominations. I think Star is Born is going to rake it. It has yeah. to rake it up. Uh, if you have not seen A Star is Born, I highly recommend. I say, I say, I say, I say, see the movie before you listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that because y'all gave me that advice yeah. beforehand. And yeah. Yes. Um, that's pretty much the big news I have this week. I was shocked. I saw the list and it, uh, we're big uh award season fans or movie award season fans like the Oscars and Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really shocked to see Black Klansman on the Golden Globe list. And I'm very excited about it because it is a really good movie. It it is untypical 
of the uh, you know awards associations mm-hmm. to pick this movie, and you know from at least from the years that I have watched awards, mm-hmm. you know this is you know an out of the ordinary movie, yeah, not an ordinary movie, but I'm glad it did because it was such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I, think I haven't it. seen it yet. I, don't, I, don't. I really like it. It's uh, it, it's really good. It's uh, it's detailed. I'll say that much. You right. Know? Okay. But it's also got it, it, you know it's drama and comedy. Okay. So it's a good mixture a uh, of both. A dramedy. Uh, we also want to. Uh, there were a lot of deaths. Since, there have been. Uh, I couldn't even keep up with them all, but the two that stood out. I know there were some wrestlers that died. Uh, the Axe. Larry, Larry the Axe Henning. Larry the Axe Henning. Curry Henning's father and uh, Dynamite Kid from the British Bulldogs. And Dynamite Kid. Uh, One of my favorite tag teams growing up, man. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Also, uh, we didn't. We didn't have a podcast since uh, Stan Lee passed away. Yeah. And also uh, the 41st president, George H.W. Uh, Bush, mm-hmm. has passed. So we want to say rest in peace to all of them. Uh, you will be missed, and you've made uh, this generation a better generation. Absolutely. Uh, so we want to jump into the first question. How were you introduced to Mel Brooks? This is going to be interesting. Well, we joke and call him our babysitter growing up. Yeah. I mean, but realistically, our parents' love of his movies and our constant access to his movies. Well, I, I remember mean, uh, specifically. I'd see, I, don't, I, I don't remember specifically. I've watched them so many times, yeah. especially in my youth and yeah. now, that it all blurs together. I don't know. I cannot remember the exact moment when I got introduced to his movie. I rem- I do remember the... Th- so, I do remember Dad watching the Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I, he brought me into those. Mm-hmm. But I do remember, like it was yesterday, um, it was a Wednesday, and Mom and Dad was always going to uh, choir practice, and this was one of the first times they left me home by myself. Mm-hmm. And I turned on the TV, and I like get to HBO or Showtime or something, and Men in Tights mm-hmm. was the first time I watched Men in Tights okay. on cable. I was like... Huh? What is this? And I saw Mel Brooks across the screen, and I'm yeah. like, well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, uh, I would say that you know that was our generation's Mel yes. Brooks movie, even though he's had different generation Mel Brooks movies. Absolutely. But I remember specifically, I can't remember what age, but I remember specifically walking into the living room and Dad was watching <clears throat> Blazing Saddles. Yes. And you know, Dad, he never turned the channel if anything oh, was Lord, inappropriate no. on. No. You know, he would keep it on. Boobies flying over the place. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he didn't matter. Care. He didn't care. If your children. If his child was walking through, he would just not be be paying yeah. attention. <laughs> but you know, Blazing Saddles was on, and you all know this movie. It's yeah. very vulgar. And uh, I remember sitting watching a few minutes of it, and then I walk away, and I'm like, "My father is a racist. <laughs> like, what is going on?" Well, see, it's, it's so funny that you say that because I know y'all are too young to remember a day when mom and dad. Uh, weren't going to church together. So yeah. when, when I was growing up before y'all, um, dad hadn't converted for years and he stayed home all the time yeah. and was constantly watching inappropriate <laughs> stuff <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And so I got introduced to a lot of this way <laughs> early on. Mine was uh, Spaceballs. Spaceballs? Yeah. Well, going, that's a good movie to get. Going to the local video store. And that's right, children. We had video stores. Video stores. Where if the movie was out, you were just out of luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I rented the VHS of Spaceballs because oh, I was a gosh. big fan of Rick Moranis. So 
Oh, that was yeah. my first introduction to Mel Brooks. So you you weren't no. You picked the movie out. Yeah, like it looked yeah. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't grow up on Mel Brooks. I I didn't know who Mel Brooks was until Spaceballs. So what did okay? So when you went to the store, you saw the cover. Mm-hmm. Did you know what you were getting into? No, you... I, it just looked like Star Wars. So I was yeah. In. <laughs> so yeah. whenever I rented it and then I watched it, and I love Spaceballs to this day. In fact. Matt and I went to see it at the Franklin Theater yeah. a few years ago yeah. just because they re-released it. And yeah. I think Spaceballs was a uh, generation comedy of my youth. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you something really hilarious about that because as I'd already watched it in a young age, what was hilarious was back in the day when friends, uh, friends of mine, we'd all go to the local video store to rent something. Mm-hmm. They would see Spaceballs on the shelf and immediately start their little childish giggle like, is that an X-rated movie? <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be out here. That's funny. Because I'm like, that's not what it is. That's not what that means. <laughs> it's not space low balls. It's <laughs> yeah. space balls. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say, you say that because everybody, you know, when I see online references to Blockbuster all oh, the course. time. But, you know, and I don't get me wrong, I went to Blockbuster mm-hmm. a lot. Oh, yeah. But... I, my preference was the mom and pop movie shops for Video some reason. Incorporated. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I don't know what it was. It just the, the yeah. feel of those places was so much nicer. The thing was, was all the Mel Brooks movies were recorded off TV on VHS tapes. So <laughs> oh, we yes. never had to like, yeah. you know, you Dad might have to have watched well, a commercial or two. But well, let's be honest. For the longest time, it was Betamax. Yeah, yes. Betamax. Yeah, yeah, Betamax. Especially for the first, first yeah. few. Yeah. Uh, so, uh who is Mel Brooks to you? This might be a little deep, but I mean, <laughs> no, if it is goofy, it could be deep. It doesn't matter. I didn't get deep with I it. I can start that off. You only, yeah, I'm the one that wasn't, you know, to me, Mel Brooks is the person who made the parody films. Like yeah. Spaceballs was the first parody film I ever saw, even before Naked Gun, mm-hmm. which I think Spaceballs was before Naked Gun. But, um, I mean, just more films than I realized, and I think he brought some humor to a world that needed it yeah. at that time, especially Absolutely. during the some of the work, yeah, like, yeah. So, tragedies. I mean, that's that's where I that's where he stands. With it's me. funny enough in my, in my in this question, you know, my words start basically where he started off. In a weird way, you could say Mel Brooks raised me. Yeah, and I say my comedic value in life is shaped by his work. It is. Yeah. It truly is. Like completely shaped so by his it, work. So it's almost like for you, it's like a uh, like when you get into a comedy movie, you're almost comparing and everything it, in this world. You, yeah, yeah. Everything, much. everything. Com- you know, comedy. I put down that he's a comedic genius who very. He's a comedic genius who made money popularizing juvenile humor, and even though it was juvenile, it was done in a very creative way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I just think he set the mold for you yeah know, the uh, those type of movies. Yeah, and I think he is one of the first natural comedians I think that I've ever been introduced to if if you go back and watch some of his interviews like everything he says it's just natural it doesn't sound uh, planned or rehearsed Mm -hmm. it's like he's got a quip for everything that's going on and you know a lot of people say Robin Williams is the most natural I'm like I don't know man like when he even during his interviews it sounds like he he's doing a comedic bit like yeah. he already rehearsed the question and Mel Brooks sounds like in just general co- conversation. Yeah. I'll dive more into this like later on, but to me also, 
And like I said, I wasn't raised on Mel Brooks like you were, but to me, he didn't use gross humor. It was yes, genius exactly. comedy. Yeah. Like yes. it so was comedy. It was juvenile. Yeah, but it was comedy. Like yeah. But it was just done in yeah. such a creative yeah. way. Yeah. Like, like he might have had vulgar language, but like it I said, wouldn't. you know, I'll dive in more. But the parody movies, like, don't get me wrong, I do like scary movie. Yeah. But the Wayans brothers dove yeah. a little bit too into the gross yeah. humor when it got yeah, older. Yeah. Mel Brooks didn't have to do that. Exactly. And I think he has some of the funniest dialogue mm -hmm. and he has the best impact moments. Yeah. Like he, he would say something and it would make a boring part in the movie. It would just make it hilarious. Like, did you get that? And some people need to rewatch it, but it just sounds like because of his dialogue. I tell really you what's really funny though, is I've always said this about him. It may not make sense to some people, but I've always described his work educational humor with a juvenile twist yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely because his historical values along with com with comedy yeah twisting is amazing yeah and he is still funny today today oh, in yes. 95 years old yeah this guy is hilarious he's hilarious i don't know if you've watched it the documentary make a mm -hmm. noise mm -hmm. uh this had like he what he did that like a few years ago and you could tell age has caught up with him. Yeah. But in everything he's talking about, he is still one of the funniest guys so funny. I've ever heard. Um, and like he's he's like one of my heroes. When I hear Mel Brooks, yes. I'm like it just I light up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's like anything he's involved in. When he, uh, I can't. Uh, my mind is blanking. The reward, the award, the national award he received years yeah. ago with the honor society. The yeah. honor society yeah. like was a huge thing. Uh, for him and I was like man it, there, there's no comedian that deserves it more than no. him. I tell you I would have liked to have seen is his Broadway special from last year Back in the Saddle mm -hmm. where Blazing Saddles went to Broadway. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been awesome I didn't know that yeah. uh, but you know like uh, you know Springtime for Hitler yeah. like talk about something that's yeah, from the producers yeah. yeah that is from one of the worst, worst. things in history but he had made it a complete joke, and Spring everybody was okay for with Hitler it. Hitler and Germany, yeah, you know. But everyone was okay with it, yeah, you know, because of what it was and how yeah. he made it a joke. And yeah. you know, just because he's Jewish, you know, didn't mean anything. He was, you know, his history yeah. was a part of that tragedy. Yep, so. Absolutely. Um, so, are there any interesting facts about Matt Brooks that you found? <laughs> As the knuckles As are cracked. Jim just opened well, up his big black Jim's notebook. Got the, Jim's got the mic drops here, so I'll start with one. Um, interesting fact number one for me, Mel is one of only 12 people in five media franchises to be an EGOT. Yep. Yeah, that yeah won that's all one the, of yeah, To win all yeah. the awards. That's, I think that, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. And think, I, think yeah. of that. Yeah, like that across is across the spectrum, <laughs> and, and they're all completely different, different yeah. areas yeah. Yes. of media. Yep, and I, like he probably didn't even have to try that hard. Yeah. It's he amazing. Had, he had a rule not to eat with the caster crew, but he broke the rule because he enjoyed the company of Cleveland Little from Blazing Saddles. Yep. Cleveland really? is the only person that he broke the rule for. Yep. I wonder why he had that rule. Do I don't you, know. Did don't it know. say? No, it didn't. It just talked about that. I tried to look that up, too. i tell you one of the biggest ones I was shocked with mm -hmm. because I loved it was he is the co-creator of Get Smart. Get Smart. Yeah. I've got I didn't that know too. that either. Yes. Yeah. What is... I'm yeah, like, yes. okay, that was one of I mine. loved the show, the old show. I loved that show. But I even liked the recreation. Not a whole yeah. lot of people did, but I loved the recreation with Steve Carell. 
And I did not know I didn't either. Mel Brooks on created list. it. Yeah. I'm like, no wonder I freaking yeah. love that show. Yes. And this is way before I even know he was a part of it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that makes complete sense of why I love that Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Did you do you you just want me to start listening? Well, just jump we'll just in. Go, We're not taking turns. Yeah. Right. So, in. Um so I don't ever think I made pay, paid attention to the fact that he changed his name. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, his original name was Melvin James Kaminsky. Minsky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the reason why he changed it was he he was trying to break into show business, and he wanted to separate himself from Ma- from famed trumpet player Max Kaminsky. Max Kaminsky. Interesting. Yeah. Um, his first job in show business was as a percussionist. He was a drummer. Yes. Yeah. And did you did you see the video where Buddy Rich uh, yeah. played yeah, with him? Played with him. That's crazy. He, uh, he started off playing um, in local local um, clubs, but he also got a job in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. He uh, playing muse playing as a drummer and working for the Catskills. Um, Brooks got uh, his got a, a a big break of sorts. Um, when while he was working in the Catskills, when the melodrama Uncle Harry ran into trouble, midway through the run, a supporting actor fell ill. Brooks agreed to take his place, but ended up flubbing his first scene. On stage, he was supposed to offer Harry a glass of water, but as Brooks poured, the cup slipped through his fingers and sh- the cups shattered into pieces. There was an awkward silence from the crowd. Not knowing what to do, Brooks wandered down to the end of the stage, took off his character's wig, and shouted, I'm 14, and I've never done this before. <laughs> the crowd howled with laughter, and from that moment on, Brooks said he knew he'd be a comic for the rest of his life, even though the director threatened to kill him. That's hilarious. Nice. <clears throat> of course, we've talked about this before. He, uh, or a military episode, he joined the um, he joined the Army as a member of the, the 1104th Engineer Combat Group, building bridges and dismantling landmines in World War II. Yep. And uh, part of Battle of the Bulge. Yes, and part of the Battle yeah. of the Bulge. Um, Alfred Hitchcock helped, helped him write High Anxiety. That's... That- is one of the most interesting things. Yeah. It makes sense because mm-hmm. of how they wrote that movie. Yeah, I, the one of the one of the funny ones I found were the, in during the premiere of Blazing Saddles was held at a drive-in theater, and those who arrived on horseback got to see it for free. Oh, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yes. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Did it, and that was his idea. That was his idea. What was at that a drive-in it, theater the, during the premiere of Blazing the, Saddles? Yes. The ho- people who arose, arrived on horseback, horseback were free. Were free, and he wore a, a prosthetic finger while on the Hollywood, on Walk, the of Hollywood Walk of Fame while pressing his hands mm-hmm. in. So that's he has eleven classic. fingers. He's eleven fingers on the Walk that's of Fame. Classic. I Bill didn't Bruce, know. Man. Also, and I'm sure y'all all did, but I didn't know he was married to Mrs. Robinson. And, that and Bancroft. That was his second wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was the one that stuck. Yeah, that's the one. That's he's, the one he's he with yeah, for the until the day she like, passed. Like he wrote, so uh, he wrote um, that movie he was in with her. Um, oh, um, for her and him. Uh, hold on. To be I or not to be. To, yeah. Yeah. To be or not to be. He wrote that to yeah, be I in it with his that, wife. Yeah. I didn't know that they were married until I looked that up. It's um, amazing. So, um, did you know his son Max Brooks was the author behind World War Z? Yep. An oral history of the zombie. I've read. War I've actually and read the zombie books. survival guide. I didn't yes. know that was his son. Yeah. yeah, Max Brooks. Yeah, I've wow. read Brooks is his son. I've read several of his books. Wow, and they're awesome. Um, and also something that people tend to gloss over: Mel Brooks discovered Dave Chappelle. Yes, 
No way. Well, because that part that was, was supposed his first, to be. That was his first role. Yeah. Uh, was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, I did not just, know that yeah. he well, discovered him. And though. he was trying to find, so he was trying to parody the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he wanted somebody to play the Morgan Freeman, Freeman character really? in, in yeah. the funniest way possible. Yeah. And he discovered Dave Chappelle. That's yeah. hilarious. And it was because of his role in Robin Hood Men in Tights that got Dave his break and all of his yeah, I didn't know uh, uh, preceding roles. Um. Yeah, that was, I thought that was really, really cool. And the thing that I think this has been discussed a lot too, but um, to this very day, Mel Brooks uh, eats dinner in front of a TV almost every night with com- with comedian Carl Reiner. Um, I heard. I read because that. They're, they're such good friends. Um, the two detail their uh, their dining routines in their uh, episode of comedians and cars getting coffee with. Um, uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah, with Seinfeld. Reiner says Mel comes over at least five or six nights a week, and it's been over sixty years now that they've been friends. Um, we watch television, looking for good movies or television shows that we like, and that's been going on for sixty. Wow, years. that's friendship. Yeah, that's not crazy. sick of each other. Yeah. I tell you one thing. I don't know if y'all knew, but Mel Brooks actually wrote a rap song, and it's called "It's Good to Be the King." Oh, really? And it came out in the eighties. <laughs> And I, I, I didn't believe it, but if you look on YouTube, it was actually a hit in the 80s. And he didn't sing it, but he wrote it. Uh, I wish I had it here to uh, play for you, but look it up on YouTube. It's just called It's Good to Be the King. Just put It's Good to Be the King rap, okay. and uh, it'll come up. It's hilarious. Um, another quick thing about oh. Get Smart. Um, it was actually uh, aired on NBC from 65 to 70. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit at the time. But it was actually pitched first to ABC, whose executives wrote it off as distasteful and un-American. Un-American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Mel Brooks, right? I mean, but it's a joke. It's not yeah. un-American. But that that was probably the start of, like, a conservative of uh, outlook on what he was doing. Yeah. But whatever. You know, it, it was... You know who who picked up CBS? Uh, NBC. Oh, NBC. NBC was the, who actually wound up airing it. And look, look how successful it was. Yep. So I I loved the, that show. I mean, of course, I wasn't. It it was in syndication when I watched it, but even <laughs> when I watched it, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, I loved it. T- uh, Tim, our uncle Tim, introduced me to Get Smart, and I really, I loved it. I was sick. It was one of the times, many times, I was sick. And you know, on Nickelodeon, it was on, and I man, I remember watching it from <clears> beginning to end. Uh, were there any more? No. I'm any done. more Earth facts? I'm done. I'm telling you, look up the rap song. It's good to be the king. He wrote it. It's hilarious. Um, what what to y'all makes Mel Brooks one of a kind? Um, breaking down barriers, making light of our differences, and highlighting mm-hmm. the humor and stereotypes. I think yeah. he can bring humor true. to a dying world. Yeah. yeah. To a world that needs humor and needs comedy. I think that he broke the barriers on that. Yep. I think you could always tell the Jewish touch of Mel Brooks in his comedy and his Mm -hmm. movies and he has some of the most unique music in everything he does and you know he has a touch in the music as well sometimes Mm -hmm. you know especially today everything is separated from CGI somebody in Hong Kong could be doing CGI for movies that are filmed in California and music can be recorded in Australia and you know, yeah. 
food could be made in Tennessee and shipped to here. And <laughs> it's everything is separated. But with him, he was a part of it all. Like, mm. you know, he had to touch it all. He had to, you know, the the makeup or the lighting and this and that. And, uh, and I think he is king of the fourth wall break. <coughs> like, absolutely. I think he is always. I discussed that later on, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. King of the fourth wall break. And uh, I love his one-liners. Oh, yes. He's got mm-hmm. some of the best one-liners <coughs> that you will ever see. And, you know, what's shocking is he doesn't have that many movies. That's no, right. No, no. You That's know, right. like... E- his most popular ones, he spent... It was a decade that he spent making his most popular yeah. films. And that was the majority of the work we see. Now, he also did some background stuff that is not as popular. But, yeah, yeah. It was a very concentrated few films yeah. right there in the decade that he... That was the most majority of his film work. Uh, do you think there is a line that Mel will not cross in comedy, or do you think he can make comedy out of anything? I think Mel would try to do anything. I mean, I think he would try to cross any line, break down any barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's tons of ideas that he's had we've never seen uh, make the inside of a movie studio. Yeah, I think he can make But he's on record stating that it, comedy is all about timing. Like yes. we, we discussed before the show... Um, he was quoted in saying, uh, bad taste is simply saying the truth before it should be said. That is, that's a Mel Brooks quote. And um, he, he's, he said there, is, he, there was a uh, – Netflix, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it, but there's a doc- comedy documentary on this very subject of crossing the line in comedy. Mm-hmm. And it goes across comedy geniuses throughout – I mean, like, you know, from old to modern – yeah, and um, they all discussed that it it the the moral of it was it's all about timing. When is the right time? Yes, to to make light of that subject, which he also basically you know discussed about timing with his own movies that are already made and how right now would be a bad time for some of those movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because of the social you know, media aspect. social media aspect of it, the sensitivity of today's youth. And you know, Butter America. <clears throat> sorry, some of that. <clears throat> sorry, that old chestnut. <laughs> but you think you think you know people take risk. It's considered risk today. It is back then. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, but look at uh, Blazing Saddles that came out at like the one of the heights of civil rights. But he, it, it, it all passed. Like everybody yep. was. Oh, look, like, look how many African-Americans were in the movie. Oh, yeah. And, you know, playing along but, with but his it's story. A different, it's a different it's era. A Those different people, time. The people that were back then got it, and they understood what the movie was trying to do, and it was trying to make light of the stereotypes and our faults, mm-hmm. and let's, let's laugh about it, let's heal, and let's move on from this. Let's repair what the damage we've done from the past, and let's move on. Yeah. Versus today, people are not able to do that. They're not able to move on. They want to stay butthurt over yeah. over all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can make a comedy out of anything. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I think there's certain lines that he would cross, just because you know. I the think humor. he would cross them all. It's whether yeah, or yes. not whether or not. Uh, the studio will allow yeah. it. Does everybody agree it's the right time? Would, yeah, would, I, I think would he think he... it's the right time after he came up with an idea? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any line he would not cross. I mean, after all. watching Men in Tights and Spaceballs and the producers, I think that he could do it with taste. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could do it with to where he can make humor out of it, 
but he could also bring like you know, hey guys, let's just get over it. It's a joke. Yeah. No, he could do it. He could do anything and do it tasteful too, with the right balance of humor, mm-hmm. um, you know, educational value if need be. But in today, again, it goes back to in today's world. No matter what he can do, there's just going to be those that that group or that area of today's generation that can't move past yeah. what he's trying to tell you. It's yeah. just if, like, for instance, if you sat that generation down and had them watch Blazing Saddles instead of going, ha ha ha, they're making a, they're making hilarity out of the stereotypes that we did yeah. in the past and making fun of it and saying we shouldn't do this. No. They hear the words and go oh, racist. You know, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, it'll just that movie would be completely shouted out as racist. I want Blazing Saddles to premiere on NBC next week, <laughs> and this is why: all those people who watch Thanksgiving Charlie Brown, yes. and are watching Rudolph, and yeah. are picking apart yeah. every classic uh, special that came out in the mm-hmm. past, and saying that they're racist or bullies and blah blah blah. Dear God, people, calm it down. And realize that this these movies were made 60 years ago. And you can pretty much take any movie and make it a racist or whatever. Yep. Stop you reading can, into it. You can spin it however you want. You can spin anything. Yep. Lord of mercy. It's not what you think it is. It's just something for you to complain about on social media. And But this is why I want Blazing Saddles on NBC. To show you that you are just being overly sensitive yeah. of what is being shown on TV. You know, now they're, you know, like the baby it's cold outside is now banned yeah, from all, know, radios all radio because of the Me Too movement. Stupid- I believe in the Me Too movement, but geez Louise, it's just the song. And it and came out it, in the 50s. And they're taking it out of context. Yes, yeah. out of is, context. This is a couple, and the guy just wants to spend time with them, and they're turning it into a rape song. A yes. Rape, a, they're calling it a rape, rape anthem. Song. And a, a rape, rape anthem. anthem. Lord of mercy. It's like... It, 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 have, have you heard of Twista and all these rappers? Those are rape anthems. Those, yeah. I'm like, you, you know, the, this baby it's cold outside yeah. is not Not to dabble near. too much into that. I don't want to get too deep into that realm. But, yes, it's, it is ironic to dabble into the hypocrisy yeah. of today's world yeah. where you talk about, oh, this is racist, that's rape, and that you mm-hmm. listen to a lot of today's, you know, different genre popular music, popular music and it's all about... I don't know what today's words are. Popping mollies and yeah. drinking and oh, and oh, squibble the bibbles and nubble the bobbles and whatever's <laughs> out there. Yeah, and, 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 and dabbing now. Okay, that like okay, take that for instance. We 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 call like I actually watched a video and a breakdown of this. Now I yeah. may be wrong, and I don't care to be honest. But like for instance, <laughs> for for a video, just to, to to jump into the hypocrisy, like they talk about. All those classics were rape, bully, and all this yeah. and that. Well, now you've got famous dances that come out. Well, there was one There was one move they called the dab. And I don't know, I guess, how they do it or whatever. Yeah. Then one person comes out and, and, and explains, do you realize the dab came from dabbing and smoking marijuana? Like, that's what it's called, apparently. Like, he had explained all of this. The original word, the dab, is smoking a very strong and potent version of marijuana. But yet, you have 12-year-olds and their parents doing this move, which represents 
drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So the hypocrisy continues. Yet yeah. if in this it's, day and age, it abounds. those I mean, same crazy. people will go, these classic films are all about rape, bully, and yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah, see, it's hilarious. It, the it's crazy. Of hypocrisy. And, and what we're saying, hey, listen to the music you want. Watch the Do TV whatever you, you want. want. I don't care. It doesn't it, matter. That's the, that's the point that we're trying to yes. make. Is if, if you don't like it, Turn it off. Turn, Turn it, it off. off. Change the channel. Mm-hmm. Change the station. You have access to music galore. You don't have to rip it to shreds. If you don't like it, don't participate in it. You mean like it. how we used to do whenever we had Absolutely. radio? Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I don't like that song. Click. Change. Click. Yeah. It's even easier now. Yes. You could just, you don't even have to listen to the nope. radio. You Spotify has a skip button. You, no, <laughs> you can program what you want. Yeah. You can go to yes. popular music stations and make your own playlist and listen make to only own. what you want to listen yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do you think uh, Mel inspired the parody, or do you I, think he perfected so, the parody? So parody films, it to me. I, parody films existed before Mel Brooks, yes. but I think he wrote the blueprints on how yes. they should be yes. done. True. Um, after a decade of parody films, Brooks is credited with inspiring a second decade of parody films, including Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Airplane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, because parodies have been made. So I think you know originally the first parody was 1905. Um, but yes, like he said, I think his blueprints, his very foundation of parody, was what it needed to be. Yeah. So his inspiration, I think he did both. I think he truly inspired the parody film. And then yeah. came in and perfected what it needed to do. Do you think? Him. But do you, you, you? There were parody films before Mel Brooks. Absolutely. Can Absolutely. you think it's of 1905. any? There Can you think of any? Nothing uh, that were severely popular no. that off the top of my head. You know, but just they existed. Just think, like like what they said also. But I agree with. He did perfect it for me. You know the movies that I did see. But I would have loved to have a time machine and see him and Charlie Chaplin do a movie together. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> I, w- I would love to... I mean, I wish he would still keep making movies yes. today because I think there's I so much he could do oh, now. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't... I mean, I, in my research, I didn't make note of any of those original movies, but uh, the parody movies. But I did do enough research to, to understand that he cannot be cr- credited with the creation of the parody film. But he can be, in our opinion, I think he can be credited with perfecting it. Yes. Yeah. To me, that's when, like, parody started. Yes. I mean, it was before I was born when his first one came. But, you know, like, right around uh, Men in Tights, yep. you know, when, in, you know, Spaceballs, when we were actually around, I was like, man, this is where everything. And then I go back and watch mm-hmm. History of the, oops, sorry, History of the World and uh, Blazing Saddles and all those. And uh, that's, you know, where like you said earlier, like I, I compare everything too. So yep. that's like where it starts for me. And like, that's how I can't get into a whole lot of parodies today because now they're just so ridiculous. Yeah. You know, when you compare them to what they should be, uh, you know, to what Mel Brooks did right. and, you know, they were doing good like airplane. I like airplane. I love airplane. Uh, and, and I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a. I mean, it's. Uh, I watch it. It is hilarious. Yes. Attack, Attack of the Killer, of the killer tomatoes. tomatoes. Attack of the, of the Killer Tomatoes. tomatoes. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, you think about it. You know, Mel Brooks did was 
wildly popular for musical numbers and yeah. that, and attack of the killer tomatoes used that music got popular yeah because of that musical intro so. and uh what was that little documentary movie uh, it came from hollywood it came from hollywood that was like a good little parody like movie of like they were taking films and yeah. making them parodies even though yep. they were actually serious sci-fi yeah they were films. it was a, it was an effort to make a real one but they made total fun it of was like it was, it was almost like mystery funny. science theater before it Kinda, was even around but it was better than it, they yeah. did it so much better than mystery science theater, theater did it <clears throat> if mel were to direct a film today what three elements would you need to for it to be better than parody movies today or to be a classic Mel Brooks uh, film? I think you, I think he would have to use a combination of established and unknown talent. Um, I think uh, he continue his trademark break through the fourth wall like you st- talked about before. Camera smashing through a window, studio production uh, in the movie, the camera smash, fat, fast forwarding through the actual movie you're in, oh yeah, uh, and taking out the movie script and reading it during the movie, um, and then I think at the very end the over the top musical numbers from original comedic scores. I think yep. those are yeah, that's, that's my have. main thing right yeah. there. Original Mel Brooks values, original scoring, and then I don't know, put in just try to find a way to put in what he knows what he what he is used to in his day oh, I think it'd still think be we, relevant and, and I think we need to have the one liners too oh absolutely it I, has to be the one liners it's I, good to be the king yeah the one liners definitely but my, yes. my three was music of course mm-hmm. absolutely but a, a historical or fictional retelling yes kind of like you know Spaceballs was yeah. a retelling of Star Wars History of the world yep. was a retelling of history, you know. So was some of his others, you know. Like when he takes it, he he could take a story, a story, uh, you know, like say Romeo and Juliet or something, mm-hmm. and like make it a Mel Brooks <laughs> film. And then uh, he has to have that one out of place character, yeah, that's the star mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with anything, but he makes the movie. Yes, you know, like your comicus. Your uh, sheriff, what's the sheriff's name? Chef like, Bart. Chef Bart. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, 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 in uh, Robin Hood, Men and Titans. Robin. You, you have Robin, Robin, but you also have uh, a chew. A chew. Yeah, a chew. <laughs> you know, like your <laughs> out of place son, characters. Son, son of a sneeze. Son of a sneeze. <laughs> the Waco, the I Waco kid. Sneeze, father of a chew. To me, those, like, those make Mel Brooks oh, movies because you don't have them anymore. Um, is there anything about Mel Brooks that uh, he he has or that has or does inspire you? He inspires me to laugh, oh, man. especially at myself, which is which is good. I mean, we need to laugh, but we need to be able to laugh at ourselves. Yeah, I guess like after watching Spaceballs, <laughs> excuse me, and Robin Hood. Actually, I watched Robin Hood this week. You can just laugh at anything, like yeah, stupid yeah. humor. It's fun. It's it's you know genius yes. and. It's fun to laugh at just the craziest things that you think about when you watch these movies. Yeah, his whole life is an inspiration. I mean, from the military background to Broadway to the big screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, a man who broke the mold and created some of the most memorable work for those who can for those who can appreciate his work for what it was meant to be, who mm-hmm. can tear it apart and and appreciate every aspect he put in to his films. It'll it'll be it's a memorable work for generations of that yeah. magnitude who can appreciate it for years to come. Well, I tell you, prepping for this podcast, 
I had a one-dimensional view of Mel Brooks because of what Mel Brooks was to us growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Like I had, I, I love Mel Brooks. I love, I love his movies. I love the music that's in his movies. But then, you know, doing the research, li- learning about his life, and then watching the documentaries, I, the biggest thing that I have noticed, you know, watching his interviews, his stage performances, is his passion his passion for comedy. It's not even, it's all natural. Yep. He, nothing that I have noticed is forced from no, Mel Brooks. Not at all. Nothing is forced. Nothing is rehearsed. Nothing is, you know, uh, just made for what any situation. He is just Mel Brooks in any situation that he's a part of. Yep. And even in that, even today in his 90s, he is still the same Mel Brooks. Uh, you know, when he is interviewing and talking about his life and you can see it in that, uh, honor society, uh, how passionate he still is. You can see him mouthing the words, words. to all his music, yeah. uh, as they're singing it. And it's still a big part of his own life. You know, he did it for, he said that he filmed for himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, he never filmed for the audience. He always filmed for himself. Right. That just shows you that he was always entertaining himself. Yeah, absolutely. His, you know, always passionate about entertaining himself. So, you know, we find what we find funny, he found funny himself. He wasn't yes. just writing it for us. He was writing it for himself. Yeah. So, all right. So, the, we know they're all our favorites. Yes. But what... If you had to pick one, Young Frankenstein, History of the World, Spaceballs, wow, all different. <laughs> so, what was yours? Young Hist- Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein, History, History of, of the World, world. Spaceballs, Spaceballs. I would have to say, I would have to say, History of the World is my favorite. Spaceballs was a close second for me. History of the World is the very, I mean, like just a millisecond but after i mean young frankenstein i go back to that movie constantly <laughs> what is it about young frankenstein that made it your favorite for i you? think it's the back and forth between gene wilder and the guy i can't remember the um marty feldman yeah that played igor yeah i think i think it's yeah. marty feldman that actually made that for me um, <laughs> igor <laughs> ain't got nobody nobody cares for yakatata yakatata Igor Froderick. <laughs> it's pronounced Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? Weren't they? <laughs> Werewolf. Their yeah, castle. castle. I thought you wanted to talk like that. I didn't want to talk like that. Suit yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm easy. easy. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What is it about history of the world for you that made I it think your it's again. I, I this to goes, pick it out of all yes. these great. Ones. Well, I think it goes back to what it's, I was saying it's about probably our most quoted, quoted, movie. most yeah. quoted movie yeah. of his collection, and historical value, educational purpose mixed with hilarity. All of that, you go through. I, th- I like the fact that he goes through time yeah. as well, starting way yeah. back to the painting, The Last yeah. Supper, and works all <laughs> yeah. his way With up. With the birth so. of the artist come the inevitable afterbirth, <laughs> the, the critic. critic. Yeah. I think so, I think the intro of the movie yes. just sums up everything. Oh, everything. everything. About. Everything. It's exactly. that juvenile thing. That like, right man, there. Hilarious. That right there tells you everything you need to know about Mel Brooks. <laughs> Especially like what you're about to get into. <laughs> yeah. Because the first 30 seconds. <laughs> it it just, tells you exactly yeah. full of information. What you're about to get into. <laughs> yeah, and you know, history the history of the world, 
you know, all the music that's in all, it. It's it, like you could have it in a playlist and you'd be yes, all right with yeah. it. I think, see, that's the thing too. Again, when it, 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 history of the world to me really highlights all of his talents uh-huh. with the school, musical scores, the uh, acting for going, and, and then the, again, going from, you know, time probably, period, time probably period, the, time the, the Probably the most popular quote one liner. It's good to be, be the, the king. king. Yeah, and I like how by the end of uh, you have you seen it, Ryan? I'm going to ruin it for you. Sorry, pal. I mean, I had a chance. We need had sixty years to watch it. We got to watch it. Uh, By the end of the movie, they made it to be like Mel Brooks was being a part of all the history. history. Yes, because he started out as Comicus, then he was King Louis, and then he was uh, you know Tarquemada, and all these he was these different characters, and. by the end, you know, Josephus was with him, yeah. and that was a different time frame in the movie. And their head, he was like, "We're getting to the end," yeah. and then they show the end. It's like, oh, it was Mel Brooks being Mel Brooks throughout this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. How did uh, we get all the way here from the Roman Empire? Didn't you know movies is magic? magic. <laughs> <laughs> movies is magic. Uh, that's that's what made I, I love the history of the world. You know, to me, it was one. It was like his epic. Yeah, because think of all the uh, costume design and I'm, I'm just the so, set design for I'm that movie. I'm just so sad they didn't make part two. I yeah, know. How, that would I, be like great. how much? I mean, really think about think about history of the world. What do you think the budget was for that? Or do you think they had to like find other movies like Ben Hur? But like <laughs> you're filming, can we get in there yeah. during your lunch break? We should lose film your, this one use thing? your set. Real well, quick. actually, in some of my research, I found that that is um, some of the lessons that uh, Mel Brooks taught Hollywood was by doing a parody film and by rehashing things that movie studios already had a lot of this set design already done yeah. and they didn't have to rebuild or do anything. They rehashed. There was not a lot of uh, new costumes made. There was not a lot of redone sets. It was rehashed from other things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting with cardboard. <laughs> Goodbye, head. Hello, Hello balls. balls. <laughs> so what made Spaceballs? I, I know that, you know, with the memory, we, we Rick Moranis and John Candy alone. Barf, Barf. And, dark Barf. Helmet. and Dark Helmet and then just him playing President Scrooge. Salute! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think it had some great one-liners and quotes oh, in that movie. So For me, like, I mean, and plus Dark Helmet was just perfect. That's a role you could play. I want to... You I, could. You could play I Dark wanna, Helmet. I want to play Dark Helmet. I'm about to say, no, seriously, that's a role right I, there. I have, I have it saved on Pinterest, how you can turn a wash tub into the Dark, dark Helmet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do it. When, that's yeah, gonna be, if two, I can man. figure out... Oh, that's going to be awesome. John Candy and Rick Moranis in a Mel Brooks movie. That was just... That was tops for me. Yeah. I liked his tie. You know, you, oh, yeah. in, in the as the dark helmet, it made it look like it had buttons, yeah. but you see the middle, and middle? he has a tie yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. Coffee, oh, and Mr. Oh, Radar, yeah. and yeah. all that in there. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and the me, Mr. Radar guy being the guy from uh, Police, or yeah, Police Academy. Yeah. He got the beeps. <laughs> That was oh, yeah. so funny. <laughs> and the sweeps. And the sweeps. <laughs> That's not all he's It lost. appears to be jammed <laughs> raspberry there's I only hate. one man who would dare yeah. give me the raspberry lone star <laughs> and if you think lone about it star. if you think about it, look at space balls 
they he put a lot of that Star Wars quality yeah. graphics in this he movie. Did. Yep. It looked really good. It didn't look like things on strings. Yeah. And a lot of sci-fi movies at that time were strings. Were like that. <laughs> uh like serious sci-fi movies. And I don't know he, I did I, when I saw was doing research on Spaceballs, I was trying to find to see if George Lucas had any kind of help in it because <laughs> or any kind of team that worked yeah. on Star Star Wars because there were some parts that looked like it was Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, that could have been hilarious. That would have been awesome to know that Spaceballs was was edited at Lucasfilm. Lucasfilms? That would have been incredible. Like like the very beginning when they introduced yes. the 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 Mega Maid yep. ship. It and you know how it just kept passing the camera forever and yeah, ever yep. and ever. Yeah. It looked real. You saw little blinking lights yeah. and little things moving. It's like man, he had a lot of detail <laughs> in that movie. Uh, so, uh, were there to you? Were there any bad? I bet we all agree on this. But I'm gonna I ask say it anyway. Bad. I don't like to say the word bad. I have a bad to, one. I, I, I have one. a bad one. Stinks. High life stinks. You didn't like. Oh, I like life stinks. I like life stinks. Like I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys are going to say high anxiety. High anxiety. No, was no. I really? love high anxiety. You y'all I, are silent movie. I lo- no. no. I, you know, silent movie wasn't my favorite. Yeah, All right, so but I'm Dracula dying. Dead, Dracula and Dead and it was Loving the It, biggest piece of crap that is, and which make it made it suck because I love Liam. Ne- uh, I was Liam so Leslie, excited Leslie, Leslie about Nielsen. that. Leslie Nielsen, sorry. I saw I said that. Liam Neeson, sorry. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. I saw that at the theater because I was so excited. Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks yes. doing a movie I, together. I agree with, that. and it was horrible. I was I like so I like high anxiety, but I don't know. There was something about Life Stinks, man. I don't I don't know what it was. I just didn't really dig it. I like Life Stinks because it was like your it was like uh, Meet the Fockers. It was one of those yeah. chaotic, yeah. Uh, like everything went wrong yeah. okay. type movies. I was fairly, fairly young when Dracula Dead and Loving It came out. You love it, don't you? I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love hey, that movie. Right. When, it yeah, pans, when it pans right and he's sipping blood through one of those high yeah. seas. I don't know why. That's just hilarious to me. I don't know. It kind of, it kind of had a Transylvania six five thousand feel to it. A little yeah. Bit. <laughs> and you said high anxiety. He didn't like high yeah, anxiety. I didn't care for high anxiety too much. I don't know what it was. It just I don't know. It didn't catch. Didn't catch my eye. I, I liked high anxiety. It wasn't my favorite, but yeah. it was like it was almost like his. Uh, I want to get a little more serious, but yeah. I, I'm going to have to keep my comedy in it type movies. Silent movie wasn't bad. It was just a little annoying. Uh, you know, cause because it was silent. Yeah, because you, you had to keep reading, yeah. and uh, you know, like movies like that, it's a little overwhelming to my senses. Well, I guess. I was supposed to say, silent movie wasn't bad. Silent movie, my own patience made yeah. it bad. Uh, like what was that movie up for an Academy Award that was the a, artist? The artist. Yeah. Uh, like that was a really good movie, but man, when I when you go back from acting to reading, acting to reading, acting to reading, it's just a little. Now I can do, uh, closed captioning. I can do that because yeah. I don't like my brain doesn't need to focus on the words. I can get the highlights and I can pretty much out of context make what's happening in the scene yeah. make sense. That's why I love Apocalypto because they don't really say a whole lot. Uh, you know, they speak their, uh, that language yeah. in that movie, but they don't, you know, they're saying 15 different things, but it'll be like a three word sentence and be like, Oh, okay. Got it. You yeah. know, then you can see it's easy in, to follow. Along. Yeah. It's easy to follow along. But then when you go from action to reading action to reading, and it's like, uh, 
my brain doesn't know how to, you know, paste it together <clears throat> to make sense. And uh, the, <clears throat> the my favorite parts in uh, silent movie are any of the parts with Sid Caesar mm-hmm. because he's got the goofiest face ever and you know he doesn't need words yeah. like when he was dying in the bed yeah. and he's trying to bring him back to life and everything like you didn't need words for that because Sid Caesar made that uh, yeah, he did. Uh, funny for that uh, who is your favorite character that he created for his films Waco Kid the Waco Kid, Gene Love Wilder, uh, Gene you know, Wilder, Gene Wilder, Wilder anything really? I have to say Josephus, Gregory Hines. Oh, of course, and that's the Ethiopian Shim Sham. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite character? You know, I'm gonna go off Spaceballs. I gotta go with uh, Robin Hood on this one, Men in Tights. I gotta go with the Sheriff of Rottingham. Nice. Oh, I thought he was hilarious. I, I, he was. He it, came it, close. Is, he came close because I love that actor. Yeah, he was and hilarious to me. Like yeah. he made that movie for me. <laughs> I love it. Now I'm really pissed off. Yeah, yeah. close to that horse's wiener, you might be worried about getting, getting pissed, pissed on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I man, this was hard for me, but it's really weird too because out of all my favorites, Igor to He's me so is one of the most iconic He's characters funny funny funny, funny. Uh, one of know. the best he he makes supporting actor the greatest yeah for series. Oh, marty feldman is a genius man. he is the best His, supporting he, actor of the but series he always got typecasted a little bit in comedy roles because it, it's just because the natural look of his eyeballs yeah man. they're so bulging and just pronounced it and was it crazy didn't, it didn't even have to be speaking parts because you no. remember in young frankenstein yeah when you hear uh, when you hear that fiddle song or the violin song, yeah. put it on the ribs. and then you see Marty Feldman with the horn that, <laughs> yeah, and then it goes away. He waits the whole time, yeah. And then he finally comes in with that one part. <laughs> what are all right? Here we go. What are some of your right. favorite quotes? Round robin. We're gonna do this. Let's do this round yeah. robin. Okay. F- favorite quotes. So you started off. Sheriff Bart. Fifteen is my limit on snits and grooving. <laughs> <laughs> they said you was hung. Yeah, they was right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. We'll either have either have a wedding or, or hanging. hanging. Either way, either it's way, gonna, gonna be a rock and roll. <laughs> All right, well, my first one is, are we awake? It depends. Are, are we, we black? black? Yes, yes, we, we are. are. Then, then we are awake, awake but very, very puzzled. puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. chew. I'm on one side. I'm on the other side. I'm on the east bank. I'm on the west bank. It is not that critical. <laughs> it's not the point. It's the principle of the thing. Uh, a toll is a toll. And a roll is a roll. We ain't got no tolls, and we only no rolls. I made that up. I made that up. There's two quotes on this one, but I know y'all are going to be able to finish it. <laughs> the code is one, two, three, four, four five. five. That's the stupidest combination I've ever heard in my life. It's the same, the same combination of a match of luggage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 there's a naughty bit of crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, God has given us these 15, (laughs) 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. Yes, yes, I hear you. A deaf deaf man can hear you. What? 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 (laughs) Watch my back. Your back just got punched twice. (laughs) 
Darling, it seems the key does not fit. What? I know. Call a locksmith. Call <laughs> a locksmith. <laughs> it's not how it fits. It's how you use it. <laughs> it's Where are you from? Ethiopia. What part? 125th Street. <laughs> it is said that the people are revolting. You said it. They stink on no, ice. <laughs> Your Majesty, you look like the piss boy. <laughs> and you, you look, look like, like a, a bucket, bucket of crap. crap. <laughs> Thank you for the edit. Yes. <laughs> All right, this is actually my last one. All right. I, I lost? I lost? Wait a second. I'm not supposed to sluice. Let me see it's the script. script. <laughs> Wait, Robin gets another shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They must have hyperjets on that thing. And why do we have a cuisine <laughs> art? Then find them, catch them. Oh, Lord. <sighs> rats. I have rats for sale. Get your rats. Good for rat stew, rat soup, and the ever popular rat tattooey. I have nothing, absolutely nothing for sale. Columns. Get your columns here. Ionic, Duric, Corinthian. Put a few columns in front, put a bubble into a show place. I got a new concept. It's called a centerfold. <laughs> All right, I got, I got one more. I got one more. Okay. It's Mega Maid. She's gone from suck to, to blow. blow. <laughs> you got one? All right. Blinkin'. I'm guessing. I guess no one's coming. Boom. I can see. Schmack. Nope. I was wrong. <laughs> Robin, you've lost your arms in battle. Oh, God. But she grew some, some nice boots. <laughs> Over here, Blinken. Um, Igor, my grandfather used to work for your grandfather. Of course, the rates have gone up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's, here's, this, is, this has to be my favorite of all time. <clears throat> Igor, Abby someone. Dr. Frankenstein. Abby, Abby something? Abby who? Abby normal. normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you have man. another one? Uh, no, I'm out. No, you're out. Okay. Right. I've got some. You have you another got, one? No, I had. I said, All they're right. popping in my brain. Yeah, they're popping in my I know. Sorry. As we go through this, I'm like, yeah, that's so many great <laughs> ones, man. Um, oh, man, I actually had one. Um, oh, I think we've already done that, but I, I did the the birth of the artist came the inevitable afterbirth the critic <laughs> found a new thing, man. We ain't found crap. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're taking this too literal? Too literal. <laughs> Light speed is too slow. We'll have to go to ludicrous speed. <laughs> it's spaceball one. They've gone to, to plaid. plaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! May the Schwartz be with you. I see you have the ring. And your Schwartz is as big, big as, as mine. mine. <laughs> let's see your how you handle it. <laughs> now let's see how you handle it. If it you're going to have to cut us off. Yeah. We can do this yeah. all day. <laughs> if, if it isn't Lone Star and his sidekick, puke. <laughs> it's Boff. <laughs> Boff, puke. Pizza, the whatever. <laughs> Where's my money? Where's my money? What is, uh, what is your favorite song from one of his movies? The Inquisition. The Inquisition? Mm, the yeah. Sherwood Forest Rap. The Sherwood Forest rap. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. What is the sh Oh yeah. Men in tights. Men, Men in, tights? in tights. Yes. 
Roll I, around the floor. It's looking for. Let's fights. face it. You gotta be a man, man to wear tights. <laughs> mine, mine is weird. I have putting on the Ritz when they <laughs> sings it with the Frankenstein. Oh, that's a good one. And it's only because he goes, "Put on the Ritz." That one you, one you said, "Will, how many scenes?" <laughs> Perfect every, every time. time. <laughs> we're men, we're men in tights. <laughs> Roam around the forest looking, looking for fights. <laughs> we're men, we're men in tights. We run from the rich and give to the poor. That's right. We may look like pansies, but don't get us wrong or else we'll put out your lights. We're men. We're men in tights. Tight tights. La 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 Okay, okay. Is there a memorable is there a memorable cameo that Mel Brooks has done for other movies that you've loved? Love, One for me. You know what? You go, go, ahead. No, you go ahead. All right. Well, I'll just say that it could, only because it 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 brought out one of the good best quotes of the film okay. uh, one of the best quotes when he played Mr. Welling the loan officer in the Little Rascals oh yeah I remember and he that, was yeah. like if you were my kids I'd punish you and that's when uh, Buckwheat was like well if you were, if we were your kids we'd punish ourselves <laughs> <laughs> I, I really get the warm and fuzzies when I hear his voice over work because um, he as of late he did out the voice of Albert Einstein in Peabody and Sherman yep yeah um, and then he also did Vlad from Hotel Transylvania that's mine yeah. that's mine yeah I love, love Vlad but before that y'all remember the movie Look Who's Talking To yeah that's yeah, mine he was Toilet. Mr. Toilet, Toilet Man give me a dookie <laughs> give, me, give a dookie. me that dookie right you're supposed, now. You're supposed to give me some pee pee I want that pee pee <laughs> I want that pee pee <laughs> give me that pee pee uh, is there a storyline or type of movie you would have loved to have seen yeah. Mel Brooks do? I want to see him come back and do a story and conquer the millennials of today. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. That is genius. Like the uh, the uh, participation trophy. Yeah, I yes. need that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be hilarious. I, I, wanted, one. I wanted to see him finish The Apostles. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. I, I had an idea for a movie where... And this would have been the hilarity part starts after when the guy takes on the attempt. Well, there's a movie that revolves around someone, could be male or female, doesn't matter, or anyone, struggling maybe with religious beliefs. So this friend suggests uh, testing out different religions to better understand. So as he starts going into those different ones, that's when all the hilarity starts. Like He just keeps going through and through and through, and it's... it's, I I think he can do... Some something really hilarious with something like that. I would have loved for him to do a King Arthur movie, but to take it, but it would have to be today, and to take all the different tellings and oh. make it into one movie. One movie, like you know, <laughs> the mixing real the, life, mixing the, the characters and yeah, stories from different ones, the mythos, yeah. the real life, yeah. the wizard, all that, and just make it into like one mashup. That would be a good. That movie. That'd be good. Uh, so in Brooks Films Productions. Mm-hmm. What has this company done for the movie industry? You think? He taught Hollywood how to perfect a low yes. budget comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yes. think he taught Hollywood exactly what comedy should be. Yes, I think it opened I, I, not only comedies because when you look at the list of Brooks Films productions, it helped <clears throat> newcomers. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the director of The Fly or... Uh, you know, when you get into like like a lot of the actors who well, got was, their starts, but he under he understood helping out and discovering the unknowns. That's what I said before. He yeah, had that he's got that that uncanny ability to know that you have to have some marquee people in your movie to to sell tickets. Yeah, but you know, let's discover some new talent and get them in there. And I mean, Dave Chappelle, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at this <laughs> list, it's almost like he went towards the rejects of other production companies and was oh, yeah. like, you yeah. know what, you sounds good to me. Let's do it over here. Yeah, you know, like, but you won't have as much money mm-hmm. uh, as you would if you went to Universal or Warner Brothers. But you know, over here, at least you can do what you want. Yeah, and I won't have, you know, a lot of creative say so about it. Right. And I would love to see your finished product. Yeah, and it's produced a lot of good movies, you know, under uh, Brooks uh, Brooks Films, and uh, you know, with the directing and acting, you get like I thought it brought a lot of new directions. Like, you know, like The Fly, you know, it has comedy parts in it, but mm-hmm. you know, it's considered a horror. Yes, it almost. is considered a horror. And it's like. Okay, but it was a different take. So, mm-hmm. but this director got his start, and you know, he got us. Yeah. I don't know if he did the sequel, but the movie itself was popular enough to get a sequel. Right. Uh, so I, I think it just opened up a lot of doors for the little people in who are trying to get started. Yep. Uh, do you have a favorite Brooks uh, production film? Uh, other than the ones he was a part of, I really I don't. Really, I don't. Because I, 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 all my I, favorites are, are with, what him him, with him. Well, yeah. In yeah. It. If I had to I choose, really well, I mean, favorite. like, okay, we know that the we have the fly is with probably him one that I really. But if you like. had to pick I mean, one, but the he thing wasn't is, though, part I mean, of. I like that movie for what it what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, though, I like the original fly more than I do the modern fly. Yeah. So I do y'all remember Solar Babies? I never watched it. I loved never that watched movie, that movie because I watched when I was watching that it was the height of roller skating, and it was basically a sci-fi movie where everybody roller skated. Yeah, and it wasn't rollerblading. Rollerblades <laughs> were not invented yet, kids. Yeah. It was all four or your you know, four on the side floor, by side. Or side two. by side, or your roller shoes or whatever. Those yeah, things roller are shoes. Uh, but in this sci-fi, they were like, my son, uh, is, my son has begged me for a pair of those. And I'm like, no, no, no. you're clumsy. Kids, you're kids, clumsy. roll your way to childhood. I, that was, that's yeah. me paying for the right to pay for a broken arm. Yes. That's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen any of his plays or musicals? I've seen, a part I, saw, of? I saw Young Frankenstein at TPAC. Really? I too. That was fantastic. I never, I've never seen those. Yeah, I I've never, seen I've never had. I did see producers at TPAC. I've actually seen a low budget producers at a uh, uh, local mm-hmm. uh, theater, and I've seen it at TPAC. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, producers is probably one of his, probably his most well known yes uh, plays. But he's had plays that he was a part of uh, that he didn't write. Uh, years before some of his uh, movies came Mm -hmm. out. And if you go on YouTube, a lot of them are posted uh, that he was a part of. Now, they're not like uh, around the 60s, -hmm. like late 60s, maybe early 70s. Those are ones. But, you know, he had plays with Sid Caesar that you can't really get unless uh, I think Warner Brothers or whoever owns Mm -hmm. them releases them. But there are a lot on YouTube that you can watch uh, they're really fun to see a young Mel Brooks be a part of. Yep. Um, so if uh, 
if you could sit with Mel Brooks today, mm-hmm. what are three questions you would ask him? What is your what was your inspiration for your films? What actor do you want to work with that is today? Like in today's world, what actor did you not work with that you want to? Yeah. If you could go back to the silent film era, what kind of movie would you make? <laughs> so I've got a similar question to one of those. Mine was uh, besides yourself because we've heard him quoted as thinking that him saying all the time that he is the funniest writer in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I would ask him besides yourself, who do you think is the funniest mm-hmm. writer in Hollywood? Um, what actor actors did you ever want to work with that you never got a chance to? And what subject matter today that's considered to be taboo do you think would be make the best movie? Yeah. I like that. Those are those pretty much roll around in mind. They're just in different ways uh, questioned. Um, but yeah, that's just pretty much is um, where do you, you know uh, what do you think inspired you to to even get in the business? Um, you know, uh, you know, who would you want to work with? Was one who would be the the number one person you'd like to work with today? And um, if there's if there's one movie you could end your career on, that right now, what would be the best thing at the top of your list? I like that. I would be curious to see what his take is on comedy today. Yeah, like in today's comedy that people find funny that we probably don't. Yeah, and that goes for TV, yeah. movies, and I'd whatever else is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would ask, how did you come up with so many different unique characters for one mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. Like to me, helping when we get together and write skits, we struggle. Yeah, you know, like and sometimes well, they're. This, know. I mean, we all have been creative in our own way, and we're just now getting our footing. We're still young with this podcast. Yeah, so we're just now getting our foot footing, and as we go along, things I have noticed that the skits get a little bit better and a little improved. We still struggle, but we still haven't kind kind of found our groove with them just yet. Well, it's, so, but it, but my thing is like all the characters he comes up with, like history alone, a history of the world alone, yeah. has like. 50 different yeah. unique yeah. characters and it's like yes lord he had to have sat mm-hmm. around and thought of all of them mm-hmm. and yeah. it seems like it comes easy well to here's to come but, up with these unique characters but one thing you have to understand too we sit down for two or three hours and put these skits together he, he spends months yeah but and probably a year or two prep i mean and he's while he's working on one movie he's writing down ideas for another movie that's my thing right there is like when he's doing it like he's he's probably got he's like the mozart of comedy Mm -hmm. he's probably already thought of a whole nother movie uh you know thinking you know i bet you he had 10 different uh, movies that never got made in his brain at minimum because of money that was available to him you know when he did brooks when he got brooks productions you know, he was very limited as to what he can do uh-huh. and what he could use at other production lots. And when, he, you know, other production companies didn't want to touch him because they mm-hmm. thought, you know, you know well, comedy he actually, was well, he actually, past. He actually created Brooks Films in order to take Mel Brooks off of his movies. Yeah. Because he wanted Hollywood to take him seriously and his name was not being taken seriously for the longest time. So yeah. he had to it was there was a movie he was working on with his wife Anne Bancroft. I can't remember which one it was, but um um he had he he created Brooks To be Fields. or not to be probably I think it might have been. Yeah. But he wanted Hollywood to take it seriously and to get more of a budget and production and value and everything else. Huh. In order to do that he had to create Brooks films to segment himself away from uh, the comedy. Well, that that right there, that I I would like <clears throat> to know like how in his mind he just came up with them if it was natural or if he struggled or 
he just had he created so many characters that he wanted to throw them all in, mm-hmm. you know in different movies uh my next question would be uh yeah who would you consider your biggest influence uh you know mm-hmm. like you know if you watch his uh uh documentary he gives a lot of credit to sid caesar but there was a point in his life where you know he looked at somebody like i know he went to a play uh i can't remember what play and he said that that changed his life (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you know there was an actor in that play but i wonder if that was his influence or if he had some influence at home i remember i remember reading um one thing when i first found out that Uh, Richard Pryor was originally cast to be Sheriff Bart yeah, Blazing that. Saddles that Mel got a lot of inspiration from Richard Pryor which is yeah. why he originally wanted him to be in his movie yeah um, now I have to agree that you know it just wouldn't be the same without Cleavon Little yeah man. Cleavon Little he, he made that part uh, my last question would be are words and dialogue from music and movies easy to you or does it take time uh, because he has a lot of music that yeah. he wrote mm-hmm. himself. He, so now he did say that he was not an actual music writer. He had a friend that was a composer. Yeah, and he would come up with the melody, and he would yeah, depend exactly. on, He would depend on his friend to actually write the score for him. But he came up with the. He would invent the melodies. Yeah, he would invent the choruses. He would tell him how he wanted it to go. His friend would just put that to actual sheet music. Man, just to be in front of him. Oh what would gosh. you ask? What would you ask? What or what would you say if you had a minute? You had a minute. You're walking by. He just stops, shakes your hand. You have one minute. To I'll tell let y'all him go because you're I my got, hero. I, I got a little profound with mine. <laughs> hey, you're my hero. Thank you for everything you've done in the movie industry. When can I be in your next film? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. Thank you for Spaceballs for introducing me to that. And actually, Spaceballs. Thank you for making that me want to know more about Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would tell him thank you for uh, opening the door to real comedy in a ugly world. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, you know, so much, so much ugly mm-hmm. in this world, and you take the ugly and make it, uh, you know, entertaining and show to sh- you. You use your comedy to show how ridiculous the hate is in the world, mm-hmm. and I would thank him for doing that and thank him for. Uh, all all the joy he's brought to my life and the creativity I would give a whole lot of you know how you know much we talk and all mm-hmm. the humor you know I would totally give him the you know credit for mm-hmm. uh, anything funny mm-hmm. I say <laughs> absolutely or the humor that you know comes out of my mouth I would thank him for you know all the humor <laughs> and passion and uh, entertainment that he has brought to my life absolutely I would say thank you because of your dedication to your craft and your decade of work on your most popular films. You provided my whole family a lifetime of laughter. I believe in order to heal, you have to laugh. It is essential. Even before you can love, before you can understand true love, you have to laugh. Laughing is the state at which we are our best self. It is the expression of complete happiness where hate cannot abide. Yes, you can laugh at someone in mockery, but that is not truly laughing. That moment when one is comic, uh, comedically entertained to the highest level, triggering the best of memories, even creating one or two, that is when we are filled with all the good things life has to offer and love can then reside. You, Mr. Brooks, have achieved this 
<clears throat> with me and those around me. So because of you, my heart will forever be full of laughter. There will never be a moment I can't find humor. I just have to call upon your immortal words and always remember, it's good to be the king. It's good to be. Man, that's you need to write that and put it on a poster or something. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> it's like you didn't meet him. You just read his eulogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That, that was awesome. Uh, so any closing thoughts? I think we've done right, it. I think, I think we've hit it on. Did, I mean, yeah, done the we justice. Could, we, I think we've done it justice. I mean, don't get me wrong. We 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 did. A, I think we did a very good job of containing ourselves. We, yes. we fully expected this to be a four-hour episode. Yeah, you know, we had to guide it. We, we self-control <laughs> was definitely there. Was a few left turns. Yeah, yeah. We got back on the highway. I think I think I think Matt has kept us on track, and we've done a great job of containing. Yeah our episodes here lately so uh we want to encourage you to go on any of our media outlets uh not ours uh the media outlets that we are on (laughs) we don't own them (laughs) i just want to clarify that before anyone sues me (laughs) (laughs) uh facebook instagram twitter we're on twitter right uh, yes, we are on Twitter. Yeah, we are on Twitter. At, we we at, have the tweets. At Nerdly Eclectic. At Nerdly Eclectic. Uh, go on any of our uh, social media outlets. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, follow us. We'll let you know what our next episodes are. Uh, there will be a lot of good... We have uh, our next episode. is going to be our Christmas episode. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that will be the last one for this year. Uh, so when you hear our Christmas episode, we'll be back the next year for a whole new year of good stuff to uh, talk about. So go on any of our social media outlets. Uh, go on uh, any of the... We are on all the major podcast brands uh, that you can subscribe, like, uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you want to hear. You can uh, you can listen to our entire archive at yeah. theeclecticcollective.com. That is theeclecticcollective.com. And reach out to us and tell us how much you hate us, love us, uh, what you disagree with us, what we have not talked about or didn't mention during any of these podcasts that you would like for us to recognize. And uh, I would like to, you know, lastly, thank, just say thank you, Mel Brooks. You have definitely, you know, enriched the lives of everyone at this table and forever will be a legend in the comedy field. Absolutely. I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. Uh, Stay eclectic. (laughs) 